celebrate your birth, and we continue to celebrate that even now. Jesus, we thank you that as we lit this center candle, that we remember that you are the center of the Christmas story. We remember that joy, peace, love, and hope can only come from you and you alone. And so we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day. I pray that as we continue to worship together, that you would continue to be glorified through our worship. And Lord, that you would continue to bless us with the understanding and knowledge of who you are and what you've done and the fact that, the, that you came to us when we didn't deserve it to give us ultimate hope. And we thank you so much for that this morning. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we're going to do today is going to be something quite different than what you'd be used to on a normal Sunday morning. So what my thought process was as we got ready for Christmas, obviously this being Christmas, uh, I thought it was appropriate. As many of us maybe even have family traditions in which we read the Christmas story together, uh, maybe on Christmas morning, some on Christmas Eve, many, many of us would focus on uh, Luke, specifically uh, Luke chapter 2, and the narrative of how uh, Jesus was born and how it all came about. And so I wanted to do that as a church family. I wanted to come together and read the Christmas story and pretty much keep it there. Keep it very simple uh, as we are together to worship the birth of Jesus, to worship Jesus and his birth and what he's done. And we were, had an opportunity to do that last night. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read the Christmas story, but it's going to have a little bit of a different uh, thought process to it. Uh, what I was able to do this week, and, uh, and I really thought this was uh, something I had never thought of doing before and something I had never really done, but it's something that as I was able to prepare this week, I was very blessed in what God was able to kind of show me through what we're about to look at. And what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be looking at a chronological Christmas. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story from three different perspectives. We're actually going to go to the book of John, we're going to go to the book of Luke, and we're going to go to the book of Matthew. And... All of these passages tell us di- different parts of the Christmas story, different parts of uh, how Jesus came to this earth. And we're going to do it in what is chronological order, what would have happened as we mix all of these together. So if you have your Bibles and you want to try to follow along, it is going to be kind of difficult. I will give you references, but we're going to be jumping from John to Matthew to Luke. We're going to be kind of in all three of those. And as we draw all of the narratives together about Jesus' birth... Uh, and keep in mind that just because these stories are slightly different in the uh, way that they emphasize certain things doesn't mean they contradict each other. It simply means that they complement each other. And so what I really want to do this morning as we read the Christmas story is simply to see how all the gospel narratives come together to tell us the wonderful story, the greatest story ever told of Jesus coming to this world. And so that's what we're going to do together today. It's going to be some simple reading. It shouldn't take too long, but we're going to be looking at the whole thing. And we're going to start with some context. We're going to start with some context. We're going to look all the way back to the beginning of time. We're going to look at John the Baptist. We're going to look at all that happened around Jesus' birth. And then finally, we'll finish not just with his birth, but then looking briefly uh, at his life. And so that's what we're going to do today. So if you uh, just want to join me in listening, I wanted to sit on a chair up here, but I was afraid that the flames would be in my face. So I'm going to go ahead and read to you the Christmas story from three perspectives, a chronological Christmas, and we're going to start in John 1, 1 through 5. John 1, 1 through 5 is where we begin. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And now we see how this all came about as we go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25 to begin. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her wife was, her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. And while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived... And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach from among the people. Now even as Zechariah and Elizabeth experienced a miracle, an even more impossible miracle would be taking place in Nazareth, which is where we pick up the story in Luke 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am still a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born that will be born will be called most holy, the son of God. 
And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now in those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Now, as we continue the story in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 57, we see that God begins to fulfill the promises that he's been making. So we continue in Luke 1, 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came upon all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. 
So now we've seen that John was born for a purpose. He would be John the Baptist, born for a purpose, and we are reminded of this purpose again as we go back to the book of John. The book of John chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Now he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now let us see how the word became flesh as we go back to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18, or go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he did call his name Jesus. Now here are some more of the details of how that came about in Luke chapter 2, as we're very familiar with, Luke 2, 1 through 38. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and lied him in a manger, because there there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord peered to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, 
pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And when he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what, said, what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that it is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. And then there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phenuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, And then as a widow, she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and with prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Then the next part of the Christmas story we see after Jesus is dedicated in the temple and is declared to be indeed the Messiah that was foretold, we see something else happen in Matthew chapter 2. So let's go to the chapter Second chapter of Matthew. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child Mary with his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. 
This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all the region that were two years old or younger, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. That was then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Then in the end of Luke chapter 2, Luke 2.40, And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And then we finish back up in John chapter 1, as we understand what all of this was all about. John 1.16-18 For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at our Father's side, but he has made him known. As we think about the Christmas story, we see that there, from priests to young virgins to carpenters to shepherds to old men to old prophetesses to wise men to a city of Bethlehem to the city of Jerusalem, to Nazareth, and even right here, right now. We see that Jesus indeed is the true manifestation of God. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He is the one that is with us. He is the one that is here. He brings light and life into the world. And so as we remember this Christmas story and all the pieces that go into it, from every single person that it touched through this story and every single person it's touched throughout history, let us remember that we need to continue to worship Jesus as our Emmanuel, the one who is with us forever. And as we know, and I I don't want to leave this off, we could continue just to read the whole New Testament to continue this story. But Jesus did grow. He lived. He lived a perfect life. Never sinned. Never rebelled against his Father. He then lived that perfect life. Then he, he had a ministry on earth in which he taught people who God is. He said, the kingdom has come. And he he called people to repentance, to turn away from their ways of life and to turn to him. Then, as a way to offer ultimate forgiveness for sin, he died on the cross. He died on the cross for your sin, my sin, all the sins of the world, so that he could forgive that sin, so that people could have a right relationship with God again. Anyone who will believe in him, if you were here last night, we looked at John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that the story did not end with Jesus as a baby or as a child, but he grew to be a man. He served people as a man. He died as a man. And then after he died for our sins, he rose again. I know it's not Easter, but we think about it even now. That baby that was born in Bethlehem would one day rise from the dead and defeat sin and death once and for all. And he says, worship me and trust me. The baby that we just read about, the child we just read about, the man that we know of, the God who came to this earth to die for us, that's why we celebrate Christmas. 
And so today we have an opportunity to continue to sing and continue to worship Jesus together. So if the worship team wants to come up for the last couple of songs, if you would just join me now as I pray before we sing again together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this wonderful day we have to remember the the birth of Jesus. We want to thank you today for your great love. We want to thank you for everything that transpired to bring us hope. So many people, so many things that you just orchestrated to bring about the birth of a Savior for the whole world. And God, today I pray that if there's anybody here that has not received Jesus on this Christmas, they would receive that gift that you have given, that they would believe in Jesus and who he is and what he's done and trust him with their life. Make this Christmas a Christmas in which you bring new life to people as you always do. We pray all this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.